Thank you for downloading this podcast from Pardes, North America. This episode of Pardes from Jerusalem features Yiska Smith on Parashat Kitisa. Have you thought about studying with Pardes during the summer? The 2022 Summer Pardes Learning Seminar just might be the right thing for you. Five days of incredible learning with your favorite Pardes faculty in Jerusalem. For more details, please visit pardes.org il forward slash seminar. And now, here is Yiska Smith. Shalom lekulam, barachot habaot, barachim habaim. Chavre, the current state of affairs around the world, within various communities, compels us to address the growing crisis of loneliness, lack of self-worth, and alienation from the sense of one's own inner being, a disconnect from one's own self. Parshat Kitisa. Parshat Kitisa comes to teach us about the inherent value of the individual. I would like to share with you about the practice of cultivating a healthy self-esteem, ha'aracha atzmit. The parasha begins with the pusukim as follows in the book of Shemot, Exodus, Lamed, Yud Aleph, and Yud Gimel, verses 11 and 12. V'yedaber Hashem el Moshe lemor, ki tisa et rosh p'nei Yisrael lifkudahem, Venatnu ish kofen of Shola Hashem, bifkodotam. Velo iyebahem negef, bifkodotam. Zeyetnu kol haover al hapkudim, machatsita shekel, bishekel hakodesh. Eswim gera hashekel, machatsit shekel, truma la Hashem. And Hashem spoke to Moshe, saying, When you take a census of B'nai Yisrael, according to their numbers, every person, actually every man in this case, shall give Hashem an atonement for his soul when counting them, so that there will not be a plague among them when counting them. This shall they give, everyone who passes through the census, a half shekel, of the sacred shekel. The shekel is 20 gera, half a shekel as a contribution, offering, donation to Hashem. Parshat Kitisa begins with the remaining instructions for the building of the Mishkan. Each male over 20 years old was obligated to contribute a half shekel. The Slonoma Rebbe, Reb Shalom Noach Berezovsky, who passed here in Yerushalayim not that long ago in the year 2000, addresses in his magnum opus, the Netivot Shalom, that while the obligatory contribution equaled 10 gera, the commandment employs the term half of a shekel instead. Everyone had to have a part in the Mishkan, in the tabernacle, and everyone had to realize that they were only a half. 
He explains that here the Torah is teaching us that pairs, that sets, are inherent in the creation of the Mishkan. Each individual is never more nor less than a half until that person unites with another. In this way, we become united as one, as a whole, the fundamental and essential building block and requirement for the Shekhinah to dwell and manifest her presence, which was the purpose of building the Mishkan, to provide an edifice, a building, a dwelling place for the divine presence to manifest and become revealed. The Holy Zohar emphasizes this by stating, The Holy One, blessed be He, does not dwell in a fragmented and incomplete place. That's in the first section of the Zohar, page 216b. According to the Halakha, the Jewish law, even a poor man had to contribute his half shekel, even if it meant that he would have to sell his outer garment or take a loan in order to raise his contribution. The commentaries point out that the reason why the Torah is being quite demanding in this mitzvah is to teach the inherent value of each individual. The Mishkan would only thus be the Mishkan would thus be incomplete without each person's contribution. With no regard to a person's personal financial status, both the poorest and the wealthiest were obligated to contribute the same. We learn <clears throat> from this that the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, who manifested her presence in the Mishkan, dwells only in a complete sanctuary, as the Zohar that I quoted above teaches. A sanctuary in which every individual chavra is represented and present, notwithstanding that in this case every individual actually represented one's entire family. In the spiritual terms, this means that even the spiritually poorest person possesses something of value and must contribute his or her particular half-shekel. The term kitisa is usually translated as when you take a census. However, that is not really what it means. The literal translation means when you elevate, when you raise the heads of B'nai Yisrael. Kitisa et rosh B'nai Yisrael. We are compelled to ask What else is the Torah teaching us by expressing this mitzvah with the words kitisa rather than the phrase that actually means when you count, kitifkod? And various conjugations of the word tifkod are used in the rest of the verse referring to counting. So why doesn't it say kitifkod? The Yishpitzer Rebbe, Rav Mordechai Yosef Leiner, who lived in Poland, passed in 1854, explains in his main work, the Mehashiloch, 
that from the usage of the term kitisa, we learn that this census was more than just a typical counting of people. In a regular census taking, people tend to feel as if they are reduced to a mere number, where a person's sense of self-worth, self-esteem may be challenged. I would like to suggest even more so, we as Jews, due to our recent history during the Holocaust, during the Shoah, have become even more sensitive to the dehumanizing effect reducing a person to a number has on a person's sense of self-worth. The Ishbitzer teaches us this is not the case in the Torah census. It's a different type of census in the Torah. Each person was elevated, kitisa, not kitifkod. Each person was elevated and raised at the moment he passed before Moshe Rabbeinu to contribute his half shekel. At that moment, it was revealed to each person that his being and purpose here in this world was in fact unique and that it would be incomplete without him. This built up rather than threatened or tore down a person's sense of self-esteem. At the same time, each person realized that the same was true for everyone else as well. No matter how many holy, righteous tzaddikim contributed, the Shekhinah would not dwell in the Mishkan until every, each and every individual made his contribution as well, regardless of perceived or external-based status in the community. As we read further on in verse 15, Shemot Alamed Tetvav, Shemot, uh, Perak thir- um, chapter 30, verse 15, Ha'ashir lo yerbeh v'hadal lo yamit mimachatzit ha'shekel. Letet et trumat Hashem. The wealthy shall not increase and the destitute shall not decrease from half a shekel to give the portion of Hashem. Reb Nassan, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov's main disciple and scribe, who lived in the Ukraine and passed in 1844, teaches that when each person brought his half shekel, what each person spiritually contributed was his nukuda tova, his one point of goodness. Each Jew contains within something very holy, hidden inside, which is his especially own. It's his own. Each one of us has that. And Rabbi Nassim teaches that this one point, this Nukudatova, is far beyond any defined, limited, and finite object in the physical realm. It's like each one of us possesses something of infinite wealth, like a precious gem, and even greater than that. The half shekel in this regard serves as the equalizer for all people, he teaches. Therefore, what actually built the foundation of the Mishkan was each person's sense of self-esteem, self-worth, and sense of being special. Do each of you feel special? Do I feel special? I'd like to think for all of us, at times we do, 
That's anukuda tova. Rav Jonathan Sachs, may his memory be for a blessing, zuchono levracha, explains in Covenant and Conversation in 2010 why it is in fact dangerous to count Jews. We learn in the Pasuk that if we did it according to how the verse instructs us by counting the machatzit, the shekel from everyone, rather than counting the actual people, there would not be a plague. Well, why would there be a plague? What's wrong with counting people? Hmm, why is it in fact dangerous to count Jews? So this is what Rabbi Sachs suggests. We are a tiny people, Chevra. The late Milton Himmelfarb, who was an American sociographer who passed recently in 2006, once wrote that the total population Think about this. The total population of Jews throughout the world is smaller than a small statistical error in the Chinese census. We are a fifth of a percent of the population of the world. By any normal standards, too small to be significant. Nor is this true only now. It was then during biblical times, in one of his concluding speeches in Devarim, Moshe Rabbeinu says in Sefer Devarim, Zion, Zion, Deuteronomy 7-7, Lo meirubchem ha'amim chashak Hashem b'chem v'yivcha b'chem ki atem ha'ma'at mikol ha'amim. The Lord did not set his affection on you and chose you because you were more numerous than other peoples. For you are the fewest of all nations. That's the way it was then, and that's the way it is now. The danger in counting Jews is that if they believed, Rabbi Sachs continues, even for a moment that there is strength in numbers, the Jewish people would long ago have given way to despair. How then do you estimate the strength of the Jewish people, he asks. And I would like to suggest, how does the individual estimate his or her own sense of importance, value, and worth? He answers the question that he raises to this, the Torah gives an answer of surpassing beauty. Ask Jews to give and then count their contributions. Numerically, we are small, but in terms of our contributions to civilization and humankind, we are vast. Above and beyond all the contributions that Jews have made in physics, philosophy, sociology, anthropology, psychiatry, economics, literature, music, medicine, medicine earning 48 Nobel Prizes, law, industry, finance, academic life, the media, and politics there remains the most important contribution. It is, of course, (laughs) the Jewish contribution to the life of the Spirit. That that is not only unique, but has shaped the entire course 
of Western civilization. And I would also like to suggest Eastern civilization as well, even if it may be to a lesser degree. Let us not underestimate the influence we've had through the Zohar, through Kabbalah, through Hasidut, on spiritual practice and how that has affected people in the East. Somehow this tiny people, Rav Sachs continues, has produced and continues to produce an unceasing flow of patriarchs and matriarchs, priests, poets, prophets, masters of halakha, Jewish law, and agadah, codifiers and commentators, philosophers and mystics, sages and saints, in a way that almost defies comprehension. It was not once that the Jewish imagination caught fire, but in century after century, sometimes under the worst persecution known to any nation on earth. The Piyasetzna, the Piyasetzna Rebbe's Eish Kodesh, when was that written? From 1939 to 1942 in Warsaw. Time and again, in the wake of tragedy, the Jewish people renewed itself in a burst of creativity. If you want to know the strength of the Jewish people, ask them to give and then count the contributions. We don't have to count the Jews. Count the contributions. That is the majestic idea at the opening of this week's Parsha. To win the battle of the spirit, the victory of heart, mind, and soul, you do not need numbers. You need dedication. You need commitment. You need study. You need prayer, vision, courage, ideals, and hope. You need a people who are instinctively inclined to give and to contribute. Give. Give what is being asked of you. What is the world asking of you to give? Then count the contributions. The finest way ever devised to measure the strength of a people. I would like to I would like to suggest that in addition to all the requirements that Rav Sachs has enumerated as necessary to win the battle of the spirit, the divine is asking of each of us to cultivate the awareness of our inherent self-worth. So we know what we have to give. So we know what our truma can be. To be aware of our value, our unique reasons for which each one of us has been created. These are essential ingredients for a healthy self-esteem. What is the nukudatova, the good point that Rabbi Nassim, that Rabbi Nassim refers to earlier? What is the nukudatova that our Creator has gifted each of us? I ask all of you. What is your nukudatova? Dr. Rabbi Avraham J. Chorsky, Zuchono Levracha, who recently passed, writes in, Let us make man self-esteem through Jewishness. 
of everything in the world, the human being is closest to oneself and yet is often most distant from oneself. This remoteness results in distortion of the self-perception, and such distortion may cause further alienation from the self, resulting in a self-reinforcing vicious cycle. A substantial majority of emotional or behavioral problems are due to one common underlying factor, he believes, an unjustified and and unwarranted feeling of low self-esteem. In conclusion, may the divine bless us with the embodied sense and knowledge that we each possess something of worth to contribute to the world, no more and no less than others, and as well that we each need everyone else's machzit shekel. We need each of, of everyone else's half to become whole and complete. In this way, Chavre, we can participate fully in making this world a dignified, a compassionate, and a sacred home for the divine, a real Mishkan, a real Mikdash, Mamash. Thank you again for downloading this podcast, a production of Pardes North America. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Spotify for the latest episode of Pardes from Jerusalem or by visiting elmod.pardes.org. Tune in next week as Tova Lea Nachmani teaches on Parashat Bayak Hel. Thanks for listening.